everyone, and welcome back to the 16mm Film Crew Podcast. I'm Cindy. And I'm Dio. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so this week we watched Godzilla vs. Kong, directed by Adam Wingard, starting or starring Millie Bobby Brown, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Tyree Henry, and then other folks who I don't, they're not that important to the story. Um, <laughs> so for those who haven't been invested in this series or haven't watched the previous movies, this movie is about Kong. It's about Kong and his protectors as they undertake a perilous journey to find his true home. Along the ride is, or along for the ride is Jaya, an orphan girl who has a unique and powerful bond with the mighty beast. However, they soon find themselves in the path of an enraged Godzilla as he cuts a swath of destruction across the globe. The initial confrontation between the two titans, instigated by unseen forces, is only the beginning of the mystery that lies deep within the core of the planet. <laughs> so that is the summary of this film. Dell, what were your thoughts about this film? Um, I mean, I like uh, seeing you know giant monsters or robots destroy things. You know, I'm a, I'm a product of the '90s. Power Rangers, watching that kind of thing, or you know, watching Japanese, not just kaiju, but other properties along that vein. Just big giant things freaking cities. It's always fun to look at. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh fascinating okay <laughs> i wasn't i'm uh well i don't know i'm trying not to be hard on this movie because i realize that you kind of just have to take it for what it is and not try to make it anything more yeah so for what it was it was fine um i think that what did i like about this movie okay let's start there i liked the music junkie xl did the score and the score was great so i loved that um the visuals were very great the colors they used were very vibrant and you know fit the scene so i appreciated the colorist whoever did that on this film great job the action sequences between godzilla and kong very good very enjoyable you felt the stakes i enjoyed that was there anything else? I don't think there was for me. Um, there were a lot of things that kind of fell apart, but there were like three or four moments where I was entertained. So. <laughs> I, I think I know your biggest caveat might be with and it's the one everybody's misleading is probably the human element of it wasn't up to par, I'm guessing for you. Uh- no, it wasn't even, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, that is true. But I guess what I've been hearing, you know, I've been, as I've been doing my little skimming around the internet to see what everybody else is saying, um, they were like, yeah, the human part isn't the most important part of these movies. And I agree. Every time we had to go to the humans, I was so bored. And when I tell you, I was like half paying attention to this movie. So I don't really know what was going on, to be fully honest with you. Um, I was just like, the dialogue was so bad. 
that it really hurt my feelings every time we had to go to the humans because you know they were going to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like Godzilla and Kong were just going to fight. And I respect that. Like I understand the language going on there. But then when we had to get to the humans, I was like, who wrote this? It's garbage. And I hated it. Performances were fine, I guess, for what the material was, but like, I don't know, because I was just like, this is some boo boo right here. Like, I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And then there was a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo science. Like, what does this even mean? I don't even know. Like, some of the stuff was so improbable and crazy. I was like, who? I was just so confused about like, the technical aspects of like the science of whatever, however they were trying to make this work. But then I was just like, I'm not even going to think about it. Cause who cares? Like <laughs> that was my summary of it. It just, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? That's not what anyone came to the movie to figure out. It would have been more intelligent if they would have like put some thought behind that aspect, but they didn't. Cause they didn't, they knew what you were showing up for. They knew that you were showing up to see some CGI monsters fight each other. And that is what you got. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I, I understand them slacking off with, because that's not anybody. That's not the real, like, you're not watching a movie for Millie Bobby Brown. You're not watching a movie for uh, uh, Byron Town. You're not watching a movie for those people. You're watching to see Godzilla and King Kong go at it and smack each other around. Mm-hmm. I do agree that the audio could have been better because your the human element is I wanna I wanna say a crucial linchpin, but it's a big piece of the expositionary points of the movie, you know, and it, it really fell fell flat. Like how does Millie Bobby Bobby Brown go over her house in Pensacola, Florida or Melbourne, Florida, or well, I mean, I don't even care, to Hong Kong using Elon Musk's underwater tunnel system and her father has no idea where she's been for like almost a whole day. And like my real issue with the movie is how time jumps in this weird incoherent thing. Like she leaves in the afternoon and then by night she's at the, the chemical plant or whatever and then it's still night when she reaches Hong Kong and then it goes to day. So basically, the movie takes part in like good two days. But when they're transporting Kong, they're like, "Oh, it's gonna take forty what forty eight hours for us to reach wherever we're going." So time makes no sense in that movie whatsoever for me. And that was the most yeah. awkward part of it. For me. I was literally like, "Doesn't she have a dad in this movie?" Like, I was so confused because we saw her talking to him in the beginning, and then he was just gone, and then I saw him pop up like towards the end, and I was like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> like, doesn't the other Australian or New Zealand boy have a family too? Like, where where are the parents? Like, why are we just ignoring that fact? That's so weird to me. Like, I don't know. And I, I like so, I understand like part of this movie because it's a it's a trilogy. It's Skull Island as the King of Monsters in this one. And right. even, even to me, I don't think the you because I don't think anybody in the King that King of Kong Skull Island was in this one because it's set during the But mm-hmm. and the only characters that come over from on the Godzilla movie. But it's still so disconnected. There's no 
real backstory. At least, you know, Star Wars kind of catches you up like, oh, we were here, you know, doing this. You know, just skip forward eight years. And we're not here. It's been going Yeah, you're saying everything that I was thinking as I was watching it. I was like, I don't know what's happening because they banked on me having watched the previous film when they made this one. They were like, we're not going to explain anything. Like, you should know who these people are. And I literally didn't know anybody's name. I still don't. I still know no one's name in the film. The only person who I know is Millie Bobby Brown. That's because she said her name at one point. Like, <laughs> everyone else, I was just like, who are these people? What is going on? Like, why? They keep bringing things up that you were supposed to know from the previous film. And I'm like, is that how we're world building? We're not, we're just, we're just going assume that everyone who's coming to this film has already seen the previous one like that doesn't make any sense to me but also like i watched kong skull island and i watched the first godzilla i don't know if that had anything to do with this which godzilla did you watch with aaron taylor johnson that's it yeah that's that one yeah so i watched those two previous films and i was bored through most of them but there were some good action sequences I don't know. And then this, and then I didn't watch the, the Kong, what is it? The whatever, the, whatever one was before this one. I didn't see that one. Uh, that, was was God, like, that was Godzilla. Yeah. That one. I didn't watch that one. Cause I was just like, eh. the only reason I'm watching this one is because it was available on HBO. Like, <laughs> like I wouldn't pay to go see this movie. Cause I just, there's nothing intriguing to me about it. What it was, what I was laughing at was thinking about like these actors just sitting on a green screen, green stage, just like yelling at nothing. That made me laugh. I mean, at least it's not it's as bad. bad. It's not as bad as the Marvel movies where it's just the actors on set by themselves. At least the humans are interacting with other humans. You know, Marvel movies, you got somebody fighting against a CGI robot. But the one thing I do think was largely ignored. This movie is kind of a historical and cultural aspect of it. Mm. Because, you know, Godzilla is kind of birthed out of that metaphoric thing of yes, kind of and their mm. use of military weapons kind of thing. Especially in that mm. the original Godzilla movies also portrayed Godzilla as a nuclear monster as due to the nuclear use. But, so it's not kind of weird watching these American Godzilla films, and they ignore the historical context of, okay, U.S. military, we're the good guys. But Godzilla's an ag- al- a negative allegory, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. I also didn't understand why... I mean, no, I understand why, but, like, when it happens, I was like, so you guys are just gonna stop fighting each other so you can fight a machine? Like, that's what... There was no reason for that. Like, what was the reason for them to just call it off? They like shouted at each other and they were like, all right, well, see you at the next shindig. <laughs> and then just like left. Burn a whole city to the ground. I mean, like the damages. Wow. They were busting through buildings like big Lego or something. And then <laughs> they just started fighting a machine. And I was like, well, this is where we're at with this film. Yeah. I mean, to me, what being like, fan of this per se and knowing that you're going to have come with it's going to be Godzilla showing up in the movie because you're not going to kill off 
two franchise ten stairs. Mm. That would as as much weight as Godzilla and King Kong and have one of them lose. You know, so I, I kinda figured they're gonna go on like a Godzilla route, especially when I saw the first what five minutes of the reactor core. I was like, oh they're probably so if if you even honestly, you don't even have to watch the other ones, the original stuff, to kind of understand the plot points a bit. Like the plot was really secondary. That's, <laughs> yes, but that's yeah. okay. It's it's escapism. Stuff doing. I don't yeah. personally. It would have done the numbers. It. when it was because it did make money in the theaters like um, say almost (laughs) yeah okay uh yeah right now it made it so far it's grossed over a million a lot that's good I don't think it would have hit the Yeah, probably not. <laughs> when there's only like five movies to see in the movie theater, it's like, yeah, your choices are pretty limited. So you're gonna see, you know, whatever is the most exciting thing, I guess. Which I have no problem with. I think for me it's just that because I guess when you're used when you're used to just analyzing movies, um, and you're trying to dig deeper and you're like thinking critically about whatever all this stuff means, it's so hard to like switch your brain off and be like, okay, let me just watch like a brain numbing film about CGI monsters, like punching each other in the face. Um, it's a little difficult, <laughs> but you know, I think, I think that there's always something to appreciate in whatever is being made, even if it's like a very cash grabby franchise studio mammoth like you can still find little things there were some good aspects in it that's why i'm not completely writing this movie off because like i said if the music's good that's half that's half the battle battle. and i've said that about every movie that i've ever talked about and i mean that like for me it's real simple if the music the visuals if you know the color the color correction the colors is a problem that's a that's a C. That's that's, that's already a C. Yeah. That's a seventy percent. You're passing. You're passing. Yeah. So, I'm not mad at it. Like I'm not. It, it was somehow there was a lot going on, and it was somehow too much and also boring. Like I can't even I can't even comprehend like how both of those things can exist simultaneously for me. But like, there were some parts where I was like, yeah, I enjoy this, and that was it. <laughs> it's, it's into what you said. It's not. It's if you were. This is one of the movies that you actually have to turn your critical brain off. Just enjoy it. So if you're yeah. if if you went with this going going into be this cinematic masterpiece of a movie, I was disappointed. Yeah. I don't know why you go into a movie named. I don't think you would. Right. Cinema, but some people did, which I don't mm. understand. Why. And that's it. Um, okay, what are you rating it? Um, yeah, I'm going to rate it 
7 out of 10. Um, rating it 7 out of 10 is going to fit on. Like, okay, if I'm rating it from an actual critical critic standpoint, 7 out of 10, but if it's a pure, like, I want to just turn my brain off and watch shit get destroyed, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. But on the critic side, you know, I wish, you know, human side was. I understand the critique. I wish the humans, because I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to basically, humans in the movies are supposed to be my, my mirror into the whole situation. I'm supposed to live vicariously through them understand the situation. And I didn't really get that. Like, with uh, Brian Tyree, I thought, oh yeah, my wife died and I carry a flask of whiskey. I'm not drinking it. Oh, in the movie, I might die. It's like you told me your wife. You don't tell me how your wife died. Like if you had paid it off and say, "Oh, she died in the first Godzilla attack eight years ago," then I could say, mm-hmm. "All right, I understand. <laughs> that makes sense." But just like, "Oh, she died." Okay. Okay. <laughs> you didn't really have to tell me that she died. No, mm-hmm. things like that. I wish if you know they were fleshed out a bit more, it would have been a critics. You know. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. 7 out of 10 works if you just want to turn your brain off. No, 10, no, 10 out of 10 if you want to turn your brain off. 7 out of 10 if you want to think critically about the movie. Yeah. I'm going to give it like a 6.8. Which is still passing. It's a D plus. You might not fail, you know. Um, there were, def- like I said, there were elements that I enjoyed, but... It's just that script really just really turned me off. Like, I feel like if we had like a, like a mid to decent script, okay, like I would be fine with it. Cause then I'd be like, yeah, okay, I know what this is. I know this movie is just about like monsters fighting. Look, like, it's not something that I'm supposed to be thinking deeply about, but like it was so like rudimentary, like so okay. The scientists are the bad guys, obviously. And, and then like these people were just like one note no depth just avatars like they were just there (laughs) what you have no purpose like you y'all literally couldn't have not been there and nothing would have like nothing in the plot would have changed the only person who had any real significance was millie bobby brown and her crew because they find out what like what happens or what's going on so like make mega what's his name mega megatron Wow. Wrong franchise. <laughs> Talk about a movie that's just mindless but extremely entertaining. Transformers. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so I was, I don't know, I just, the writing really, it really caught, it caught me off guard. Like I wasn't expecting it to just be that boo boo. So I can't give it a higher score than that. If it was mid, it would have gotten like a seven. 70, 77, maybe. I was being generous. But, you know, that happened, so. Reading on the... In this franchise? Well, no, here's a... Okay, like, so I'm reading on looking at the production history of this thing. They What I'm reading is basically the writer's room for this movie was assembled in March 2017. 2017, the first uh, Kong Skalala came out, and then 2019, Godzilla King of Monsters came out. So, based on how the writing is, I can, this probably most likely what we got as far as this movie, it, it being announced in 2015, and they shot like a, a, two other movies in that same time frame. 
means that this script was probably the first draft. <laughs> that's probably that's what, what, it, that's that's what, what it That's like. what it feels that's like. You know, that's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, that's what. No revisions. <laughs> no editing. Just went straight like down. straight through. The screen. Yeah. Especially considering filming for this movie wrapped 2019, but in Kong King of Monsters was released until 2019. So it feels like they shot all three of these movies like back to back to back. Back to back. And mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like no effort was put into it, and that's why I hate it. <laughs> you can tell. You can just tell. But the little girl who was deaf was cute, so that's why I gave it a six point nine. It, it'll it'll win a, a special effects award on next year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. And that's it. On to the news. <laughs> or on to tag. I don't know what we're doing first. <laughs> you can go ahead. Take, like, take the reins. I always announce the transition and then I'm just like, what? <laughs> take the reins. Okay, so, oh, my phone got stuck. <laughs> Hold on a second. Shut up. Okay, we're back. Okay, the SAG Awards happened on Sunday. Um, it was pre-recorded. They edited it. it they edited it. it down to one hour which is very smart i thought um i didn't watch it because i don't care but (laughs) let's talk about who won so um there was a really short this was like a really short list like there wasn't like scripts or anything that was in this one it was just really (laughs) pretty basic pretty boilerplate did all the the core awards everybody wanted more stuff. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know if the director's in here. No, I don't think they would I don't think they did that either. Hold on, well, we'll see. Um outstanding action performance by stunt ensemble. Comedy or drama went to the Mandalorian. Um, which yeah, sure. I <laughs> like the boys, but I also feel like I heard someone say that the boys' choreography isn't good. So maybe it's not. Okay, you know. Okay, so out of out of the three these five shows, I've seen about four. Um, mm-hmm. West Westworld. The focus on Westworld is more sort of story. Same with the boys. It's actions like Cobra Kai is basically we're gonna reboot Karate Kid franchise. The fight scenes with the kids look good. The fight scenes with adults look horrible. So interesting. Yeah, so I so the Mandalorian was gonna win because it's every, almost every episode of Mandalorian is a shootout, basically. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, this is interesting. The outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture is Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I didn't see that, so tell me what what, you what are your you thoughts see, on that? You didn't see Wonder Woman? No. Oh, you, and I'm glad you're you, lucky you didn't. Like, okay, they're only. Yeah. The only action scenes in the movie were also in the trailer. Like the scene where you see her take off that golden armor and throw the little cat lady. That's 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 in the trailer. The scene where she breaks up into the, the White House, that's in the trailer. And those are literally the only two action scenes in the movie. This movie's devoid of action. And I, I said it before, I think like you can tell the loss in quality from this one with Zack Snyder being involved. When Zack Snyder even was one of the writers in the first one as well. And here, mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins takes over all control of writing, directing, and let's just be honest, this is not 
Addie Strong. She did what Monster. Monster was the last movie, the only other movie I think she did. So, mm. yeah. Well, but then again, none of the nominees would have worked for action anyway, because it's the Five Bloods. It's very limited Vietnam flashbacks, old guy shooting guns at nothing. Trial, mm. The Trial of Chicago Five. They're in a courtroom for most of the movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm like, like, I can understand Mulan should have won it because there's like wire foo and shit. Like, but Wonder Woman is like, that's like, why? <laughs> why? We don't know. Um, we're going to go through these next ones pretty fast. Mm hmm. Okay, so outstanding performance by a male actor in a television movie or miniseries. Mark Ruffalo, I know this much is true. Anna Taylor Joy wins for female in a movie, television movie or miniseries. She's been sweeping, so we'll probably we'll definitely see her at the Emmys. Um, outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy, Jason Stakus, Head Lasso. Again, he's been sweeping. Female actor, Catherine O'Hara, She's Creek. She's been sweeping. Creek wins, of course. And here we are. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role goes to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. We are one step closer to him getting the Oscar. So I'm just like, all my hopes and dreams are banking on this guy right now. Um, oh, also, he was on SNL. If anyone saw that, let us know. There was a skit about like an African family. Literally, I was crying. Um, <laughs> Outstanding performance by a female actress or female actor, Yoon Young Jung from Minari, which is so exciting. She was so great. I think it's her Sonic first, her. like her first award. Okay. I think at one point, I think I was reading, this is her first. Like American? Award. Has she won awards in her native Korea? Yeah, no, like she, like. Like she said, she like never thought she'd be an actor, and now she's like Oscar nominee, award awards winner. She's like seventy. Mm. The oldest. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. She well, no, not oldest. She's like the first Asian winner. Sad. I just don't want them to do what they did to um, what's your name, Yatsia, Yatsia from Roma where they gave her all of these awards or nominations. And then like, I think she's like just got hired for something recently. And that was like back in, when did Roma come out? 2017? Yeah. And it's like, so y'all not gonna hire her? Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't like when they do that because it, cause you were like, okay, well then they're really set up. Like they'll have a career after this and then they don't get jobs. And it's really distressing to me. It's just like, so why did you get anyway? I'm not gonna get into that, but I mean, you, you can. We got the time because it's just like so frustrating. They did the same thing to the man and Captain Phillips, that African man. Got all these nominations, no career, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like if you're gonna give him the nominations, Hollywood, give him a job. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's so difficult, but. These they want to like pepper in diversity and then not do anything with the diverse talent they have after award season. It just blows my sense. mind. It's, 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 it's baffling. 
so baffling. <sighs> anyway, um, outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series goes to Gillian Anderson for The Crown. And considering that all the women <laughs> from The Crown were nominated in this joint, like that's interesting to me, yeah. but like, cool. She did do an amazing job as Margaret Thatcher, so fine. Um, outstanding point by a male actor goes to Jason Bateman from Ozark. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What? Like I, every time, I always see this category for drama. So I mean, like, always Jason Bateman and Sterling K. Brown, and Sterling K. Brown always loses. Like, like he's he like, one. He's like the obli- he did win. But look, he's the obligatory, obligatory black person for this category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. So I mean, you are absolutely right about that. Um, anyway, drama series went to The Crown. Duh, that's pretty much obvious. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role went to Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and that's exciting. What's not exciting, though, is that every single award show has picked a different person, so there isn't any real prediction of who's going to win this on Oscar night. Because it's been super inconsistent. So I have no idea what's happening Oscar night. I usually have my predictions like solid this year. It's all over the place. But yeah. You had no response to that. Okay. I mean, no, I'm thinking like I'm still dwelling on that Wonder Woman thing. And then I realized the SAG Awards are SAG is the actors voting for each other. Yeah. So. So that's so yeah, it's like the the actors pick the nominees and and uh, like that whole stunt action thing ensemble makes no sense for nobody in that category. Like I'm still <laughs> baffled at the selection of that. I'm sorry, I'm just deep confused of how they could pick that. But um, <laughs> okay, moving forward. Um, best performance by a male actor in a leading role goes to Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think he's probably going to take it Oscar night. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about that, but my the more stronger feelings is telling me it's a good thing. It's just my man is no longer here, so... I've, I've stated those feelings already multiple times. It. I know, but I'm feeling it more now that we're coming, like, now that we're winding down, I'm feeling it a lot more. <laughs> feeling it way more. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very happy right now. <sighs> okay, um, and the last one is um, Outstanding Performance by a Cast and a Motion Picture goes to the Trial of the Chicago 7. Fine. <laughs> I would have given it to literally any other. Literally any other nomination, I would have given that to them. Yeah. Because the trial of the seven was boring. The only person of note in that was Sasha Baron Cohen, and that's one person. So, and that's the thing with this ensemble category. Like, it's very stupid. at least with Ma Rainey, you had Chadwick, you had had the rest of the band members, you know, making considerable contributions to the film. Uh, Five Bloods mm-hmm. is focused on four. You know, Older black guys, all with equal weight in the movie. One night in Miami, this part, Leslie and Aldous Brown is not really he's there, but he's kind of sort of there, so it still works. 
you know, that, so, that was an ensemble. That yeah. was a group of people. <laughs> no, no, I get you. But what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is with trial of Chicago event, the people who did the heavy lifting for that picture the whole time in the ensemble, who I think were um Chaucer Baron Cohen's character and one other character, like the two basically two Jewish characters for the most part. Yeah. Were the soul, yes. were, were the soul mm-hmm. focus. So for them to win ensemble is kind of un- Yeah. But it was super predictable. Like I knew it was gonna happen, but I was watching this other reviewer in there and they were like, why is the trial of Chicago seven in any of these nominations? And I'm like, you're right. Like yeah. it's just taking up space. Like it literally just taking up space. And a more deserving movie could be racking up all of those awards. Like literally just in the way. So that's the SAGs. This week is a BAFTAs. We'll see what happens with that situation. Yeah. And then the week after is the Oscars. Or two weeks after. So, I don't know. But we're coming down. Now we're finally coming down to the wire. It's been long and exhausting. I would loathe to be one of these actors who had to keep doing these things over Zoom. Like that would actually piss me off. But we're almost done. So <laughs> what other news do we have? Uh, I mean, the biggest, the biggest news were... Um, I don't know if you want but um Oh yeah, Reggie. Yeah. Reggie. Reggie Jean Page, if I'm pronouncing it correct. Um mm-hmm. he's not showing up in season two and yeah. y'all's a lot of y'all all you guys people are in an uproar. <laughs> particularly women. Who are y'all? I mean women. Women of people of the fair sex. Like, okay. I literally don't watch him. I just know uh, him because everyone keeps talking about him. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, I'm not watching the show if he's not going to be on it, blah, 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 blah. Um, Which, okay, I guess, but I think the show is based on a book series. And somebody said the book series, what the book series does for every book, it focuses on a different sibling. So the first, Mm -hmm. the first chapter, first season was focused on him. The next season on another sibling and so on and so forth. He might show up. In those other it's things, an yeah, it's an anthology. Yeah. He might show up, but he's not the central figure. He might show up for like, oh, I might pop up for an episode and say two things, and then I'm out. So, knowing that that this character isn't really involved in a series, it kind of makes sense. I can understand why people were, were mad, kind of wish they flipped the concept, but you know, you do that, mm-hmm. you end up with Game of Thrones, where you just go off the rails away from the books, and you don't want that. Yep. Sad, not sad. I don't care. I'm sure he'll I'm sure he's moving on to bigger and better things because honestly, playing the same character for years is not as great as you think it is. It's very it boxes you in for sure. So on that in Game of Thrones note, HBO is planning their tenth anniversary of the series. Which ten sounds weird because yes, ten years ago it did premiere, but it only ended like a year or two ago. Oh. Right. Yeah. Uh, I miss Game of Thrones sometimes. I was thinking about rewatching it, but then I was like, mm, nah. I'm not going to. It just, when you know the ending, it really ruins the, the watching experience from the beginning because it's just like, yeah, none of this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it was going somewhere and then now it's not. But I don't know. They're also making a Broadway play <laughs> on it. Or it came from. Yeah, 
I don't know how that's going to go. I hope there's no songs in it. If it was just like a regular play, I can see that kind of working. It would be like a Shakespearean, like Richard III type of situation. But like, if there's music, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I just don't, I'm not sure. I got to wait and see like what, what it actually is. I decide to watch it. But that's also happening. There's also like five prequels and sequels happening too. Like, Lot of material. They're just throwing stuff against a dartboard and praying something sticks, and they're gonna go with it. Um, but in other major, not just cultural but media, but this might be stepping out the realm of. So we do that from time to time. When it comes to certain topics. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you're aware, but remember the Catch Me Outside girl? Yes, Danielle. Something. Yeah. So apparently she's also a rapper known as Bad Baby. Um, mm-hmm. The other day, she broke OnlyFans freck of earning one dollars six minutes. Here's the caveat, though, with that said, she only turned eight. Um, and so it's been like a it's a discussion somewhat of, you know, well, like how do you view it, like predatory behavior? Because to me. You know, knowing someone was... It's like you waited till she was legal just to do something that you wouldn't have done if they were legal. That's how I view it. And, like, I, I kind of think anybody who defends it says, oh, at least I waited. That's real, like, a pedophile tendency. Like, my that, that red alarm is going off. Like, you can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Why are you thinking like this kind of thing? What's your opinion on that kind of situation as a woman? Um... Uh, I have so many thoughts about this whole situation. Not her specifically, but um, OnlyFans in particular, and then also like celebrities and people going on that platform. I've watched a lot of, you know, liberal ladies, very feminist, very pro your body, do whatever you want with it type of. I watch those YouTubers. And so my insight into that world is from their point of view. However, how I view it is, I guess it makes sense if you are trying to get money in a way where you can control how it goes down and you're not like being abused or whatever, mm-hmm. which is what happens with normal sex workers. Yeah. So I can see why the platform is beneficial to those people. Yeah. I don't understand why celebrities are jumping on the platform. I don't really know what that's what that's for. I also don't think that that's helpful to the other women or people who are on there who actually like really need the money and attention yeah. for like their life and to like, you know, continue living, paying bills. It just seems a little strange why those individuals are jumping on the platform i still i I don't know i don't know the fullness of what goes on on that platform because i feel like you can do different things so it's not necessarily like nudity or sex like it could be other stuff but i'm not sure Mm -hmm. what do i feel about a bad baby doing it okay i don't think that well here's what i do think i think people are sick that's my first thought and i think people like to go right up into the line to the point where it's like, yeah, this might be wrong or illegal, but like, we're just gonna, we're gonna drive right close to the edge. We're not gonna, co- like, we're not gonna swerve off. And I just feel like 
going up to the edge doesn't make it any better. Like, <laughs> it's still weird. It's very weird that she just turned 18 and she was on that platform. And that makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm just like, girl, you are still a child. And yeah. yes, legally, we're an adult. Um, but that whole thing, that whole age restrictions or consent based on ages that makes no sense to me because I'm just like yeah legally you can be this age but mentally you're probably this other age so exactly if you think back to when you were 18 like we were dumb so it just doesn't make any sense to like accept that I don't know I don't know people are weird and they're funny and they feel like oh she's an adult so we can do this who cares if her birthday was two days ago she's 18 now so I just feel uncomfortable about it because why is she on there <laughs> again i don't know that answer to that question and the other question is like why are y'all paying to see this child it's gross but people are disgusting so do i really expect anything different from them i guess not those are my I, thoughts they're all I, over the place and they're not coherent but whatever <laughs> i i i feel this i feel like i i I understand, because, like, I understand, yes, you know, the whole, it's her body, her choice, but then, like you said, her, she might be physically, well, not even physically, she just might be 18, but mentally, she's probably not at the same mindset as an 18-year-old, and I think it's also, like, the other side to uh, what I would sex workers say, at least, you know, only fans is safer, that kind of realm on their content, whereas mm. I know a couple months ago, it's a big old issue of foreign pornography sites having illegal minors on their platform still. So that's mm. like like this whole digital you know, era, not just you know Gen Z, but so Neil's even boomer, not boomers, but Gen X to that degree, growing up with. The, it's still things are constantly changing and shifting where the rules don't apply one way they once did before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I still think I don't care if you wait till somebody is eighteen, that's still creepy. The fact you said you waited for she's till they were eighteen, you just yeah, you're, you're, sick. you're sick. You're I'm going to punch you in the face. Like <laughs> I like I think uh, there was a time when somebody Closer, a little older than me, I think, was trying to ask my sister out when I, my sister out, and my younger sister is five years older than me. This person, I think, is like two years, two or three older. And I just saw her and I was like, bro, you, like, you're two years, two, three years older than me. My sister is five years younger than me. That's a gap. Why would you approach someone mm-hmm. that young? You know, but so I, hmm. Yeah, just so many thoughts. There's so many thoughts I have about that whole situation. And yeah, that's like a whole, that's a whole video about like women's bodies and and female empowerment, whatever that's supposed to mean. And yeah, that's a whole other that's thing. A whole thing. That's, that's a whole gamut that we don't got time to cover. But yeah, my short answer is that it makes me feel weird. So yeah. Um... I know that the, I think it's the last Black Widow trailer dropped. It wasn't that much different than the other ones. Um, Don't care. Florence Pugh was going around a lot. 
I don't like Scarlett Johansson, so I'm not watching the movie for her. I'm watching it for Florence, and that's the only reason why I'm there. <laughs> um, and then I know the low-key trailer dropped as well. I am interested to see what they're doing with this, because this is about like time and going through time and stuff like that, which is interesting, and low-key's a mess. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be about. I, this might be the Disney show that I actually watch, so we'll see. Yeah. And any other... No, it doesn't. I, I think my current favorite thing on watching Marvel properties is to figure out which building and which part of Atlanta they're in. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> like I was watching like I was watching when a soldier and there was a scene where they're walking at night. I was like, oh, I know exactly where they're walking. Like and then I saw watching the Loki trailer, oh, oh they filmed it in the Marriott downtown. I know that elevator. Like, I don't know. It's it's a weird I don't know. That's fun. I don't know, cause you know it's hey, it, but, but I, 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 it's it's the city I live in. Okay. All right. That's not, this is not your city. Your city has gone off the deep end. So hey, we're not the going. We're not going. We're not, we not going to talk about it. But okay. <laughs> what did so? What did you watch this week, man? Oh, you were so quick to move on from that. Yeah. Um, Oh, I watched the morning show. Oh my gosh, it's so good! Like it's probably the best show I've seen this year, mm. and it's only April, but still, yeah. Like it's so good. Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. Oh my goodness! I can't believe I wasn't like on it when it first came out last year or the year before that, whenever it came out. But it's so good. And on and like being a broadcast journalism major, like you do kind of understand how the broadcast world works mm-hmm. a bit, you know, not fully because you're not like actually at a network working day to day. But oh, oh, it was so good. I want season two now, even though they're just filming season two now, so I'm not gonna get it for a while. But oh my gosh, it was so good. Like. That's some quality TV right there. I mean, there were some song choices that weren't great. Some shots where I was like, ew, who, what, why was this included in the shot list? But fine. But other than that, like, really good storytelling. Um, I saw to, um, saw to a degree, like, I don't know if you saw the show by Aaron Sorkin called The Newsroom. I saw a lot of people saying um, it's, it's parallels to that in a way. Do you agree to that? Well, I didn't see the newsroom because I think it was on what Showtime HBO. I think it was it was on HBO. It was HBO. at a time where I did yeah. not have a subscription, so I have not seen it. I watched the morning show because Apple was like, "We're going to give you a year free." I was like, "Okay, fine, I'll watch your crap." <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's the reason why I watched it, but it has. Basically, this is taking place like post Me Too Times Up era. So that's kind of where it kind of jumps off, where the lead of their TV show gets accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment. But like the way that this joint like breaks down and like how they don't really say, like they give you multiple perspectives on situations. So it's not a very like women like, oh, we're so angry. It's like a these like we'll we'll even have conversations with predators like we'll talk about that and we'll get into that like we're not afraid to like really mix it up and talk about some serious stuff and give it a little bit more nuance the performances were amazing there were so many great actors in this i mean 
and the scripts were wonderful. There was one episode where I was like, okay, this is obviously like a filler episode, but that's okay. We'll move on. Everything else was like super captivating. So I highly recommend 10 out of 10. Great show. Um, I mean, for me, I started watching The Crown. You did? I started watching The Crown. I, I, I get it now. Oh my I God, wait. Fair. You have to tell me everything. You have to tell me how you no, feel about right it. Right now, right now, I'm still on the first season when she just met when her father dies and just married Philip and whatever. What episode are you on? Michael, I don't want you to ruin it for me, but I'm liking it so far. I'm liking it so far. Are you on episode two? Three? No, I'm on episode four. But I'm liking it so far. I understand why. And I find it funny watching this show that until mm-hmm. Meghan, Markle, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry stuff came out, the royal family mm-hmm. never called the show fictional until you know the Diana stuff. <laughs> like until until it got to like season like that's season four, I think. Until it got to Diana, mm-hmm. like oh they're from the show. Once they brought Diana, in, oh the show's fictional. I found that hilarious, and I finished. Um, <laughs> I finished another K drama. I'm like really into K dramas now. I think Netflix for that. But before mm-hmm. before when when Americans got K dramas, it'd be like. We're gonna take the the Korean show or foreign show and redo it in America and make it a whole long drawn out process of it. So I'm thankful for Netflix to get me into it because I do enjoy the way the British and Chinese and Japanese. I like the way they do shows. They don't. They have a they have an endpoint in mind. They're gonna get to the endpoint. They're not gonna give you five seasons of a show and as the show goes on it gets worse and worse and loses quality you're like look we're gonna give you 17 to 10 episodes of goodness mm-hmm. and you're good but yeah the show i watched was uh it's on class i'm probably down wrong i'm not korean which i also found out there's a fan-made restaurant in duluth if you're near duluth fan of the show actually made a restaurant in homage to the show and the restaurant so hey if you're looking for Korean food in the Atlanta area maybe you should go hit them up but yeah I'd recommend it to anybody who wants to watch it mm-hmm. yeah okay well that's it from us this week um so we will speak to you and you'll hear us next week be safe have a great week how many times can I say? <laughs> Hello for everybody. <laughs> <laughs>